It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions, every day of basketball and hockey playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast. Network for Saturday, May 29th. Ian Cameron with you. If you are in the United States, we wish you a happy Memorial Day weekend, uh, the start of the annual holiday weekend at this uh, time of year, the last weekend of May. I uh, hope you enjoy it. I uh, hope you make it a, a, a fun and exciting one, and hopefully a little bit more back to normal. Not fully yet, but we're getting there. Uh, a little bit more uh, opportunity, I guess, to celebrate and enjoy the uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, certainly for anybody uh, in the United States. So uh, good stuff uh, with that. Again, as we slowly get our way back to normal, uh, Alex B. Smith, um, we're hoping he's going to on the radar. He is on the radar uh, for today's show, uh, but internet is just not cooperating for him uh, this morning. He says it's cutting in and out, in and out, in and out. So uh, we're going to hope that it gets straightened out before the end of the show and he can be with us. Uh, if not, it'll be just be yours truly today. And what we'll do is we'll Preview the second round on today's show. We're going to do a series preview uh, of three matchups that are now set in the second round. Uh, Looking forward to all three of them. The Islanders and the Bruins, the Lightning and the Hurricanes, and the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. I said this on Twitter last night. It is difficult to find a better trio of series coming up in this second round than that. Uh, It is absolutely outstanding. Uh, what those three series could provide in terms of entertainment, in terms of how competitive I think they're going to be. It is definitely um, an exciting second round ahead if you're a hockey fan and if you're a hockey better. Uh, So we'll preview those series, and then we will preview the two specific games tonight, which are uh, Montreal-Toronto, another do-or-die game for the Habs, and of course game one with the uh, Islanders and the Bruins are getting underway tonight as well. So uh, we will definitely preview those games. Before we do that, let's look back on last night. Unfortunately, I fully realize our uh, longtime Ice Guys fan, viewer, listener, and friend Terry Edelman may not want me to make this look back to last night, but we have to. Uh, the Minnesota Wild uh, fall to the Vegas Golden Knights in game seven last night, six to two. And really, when you look at this game, it was a 
a very, very strong, complete effort from the Golden Knights. It really was. It was a team that uh, was a lot more uh, in, dominant on the puck, won a lot more puck battles, and they did a better job of breaking down the Minnesota defense, uh, probably as good a job as they've done throughout this entire series. Uh, they just forced turnovers. Uh, they forced all kinds of miscues by the Wild, and they capitalized on them, and they got the ultimate emotional lift and the ultimate adrenaline boost, I guess you could say, with Max Pacioretty's return to the lineup, uh, which we weren't sure about. Uh, but then we saw him taking the pregame skate last night, and we were pretty convinced that he would play uh, in Game 7. He did. Not only did he play, you know, for a guy that's been out for almost a month, he ends up scoring a goal for the Golden Knights in the victory as well. So he uh, obviously contributed to the victory. Um, it was just a night, good performance from the Golden Knights. Marc-Andre Fleury was solid. They gave him some run support, so to speak. And uh, look, Cam Talbot had a terrific series. I don't even think you could blame many of the goals on him last night. And look, when Minnesota, midway through the game, loses a forward and loses one of, if not their best defenseman, in Jonas Brodeen, uh, which is a huge loss. Jonas Brodeen's one of those defensemen where he's really good, but you don't notice how good he is until he's not on the ice because he's 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 kind of a quiet defenseman. You know, he doesn't do really any one thing that stands out, but what he does is he is very good with the puck. He doesn't panic. He's poised with it. He makes the right play. He's got it makes a good first pass out of the zone to get the offense going down the ice. Um, he does all of those little things very well, positionally sound, always an active stick in the defensive zone. He does all of those things on the blue line that you don't really realize he does all these things until he's injured and he's no longer there. And really, you can trace it back to the moment he got hurt last night. And Vegas really took that game over from that point uh, and it never really recovered Minnesota. Uh, the 4-2 goal was an immense goal. Minnesota kept trying to push when they were down 4-2, uh, but Vegas really kept them to the outside in the third period. And then, of course, they add on 5-2, and then the empty net goal, 6-2, to cash that third period over. And again, third period over in elimination games, 7-4 and four so far uh, here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, that is a winning trend. Uh, definitely uh, keep that in mind. No question about that. Um, so hats off to the Vegas. Golden Knights, very good game seven win. Uh, and now it sets up the series. I think most of us have been waiting for for the last couple of months uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. We were hoping we'd see it as the Central Division, or sorry, as the West Division final. We thought we'd see it as the West Division final, uh, and we are going to get it. Uh, and it should be a hell of a series. We will preview that uh, in just a few moments. All right. So that was last night. Let's do our second round. Round preview right now the series preview for the uh, second round these are just going to be overall series thoughts i will mention any series bets that i have um series bets did all right for the first round slight profit overall it'll be even bigger profit if my last remaining series wager cashes in the first round and that is tonight i need toronto to beat montreal four games to two in six games if toronto ends that series tonight that's a plus 375 winner for me so uh, definitely hoping that the uh, Leafs can end it tonight for that. And that would certainly put the uh, overall first um, first um, round uh, series bets for me. That would put it overall in profit for me big time uh, if we get that uh, as a winner tonight with the Leafs and the Habs ending in six games with the Leafs 4-2. So uh, hoping for that. So it's been pretty good overall. We had some some good, some bad. 
We had the, a good call with the Minnesota-Vegas series to go seven games. We narrowly missed out on Tampa-Florida to go seven games. I would still make that bet. We almost got there with that. Lost the small bet on Florida to win the series. Lost with Pittsburgh. Won with Boston. Uh, won with Carolina minus one and a half games against Nashville. Uh, so pretty good overall. Like I say, small profit so far with the first round series wagers, and it'll improve significantly if the Leafs end it tonight. Uh, but let's turn our attention to the second round. Starting tonight, the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. We have the Boston Bruins now a minus 260 series favorite here in most spots over the New York Islanders. That I, I truly think the Bruins are going to, the more I've thought about this, we mentioned this series briefly earlier this week, Alex and I, and we went, you know, we talked briefly about it. And my first thought was like, it's actually minus 230, the Bruins at uh, DraftKings. It's minus 260 at Bet Online and other spots. So it's very important you shop around right now uh, in terms of uh, the price. If you like the Bruins, get a better number. If you like the Islanders as a big underdog in this series, get a better number with that. Uh, I've had now a few days to chew on this series, think about it a little bit. Uh, I think the Bruins pull it out. I do. I, I think they'll find a way. Uh, there's going to be things that the Bruins do in this series that the Pittsburgh Penguins didn't do uh, in the first round against the Islanders. Let's get a fucking save, first of all. That's what they'll get. They should get a few of those. Tr right, Tristan Jari? Unlike you, don't get me started again on that train. Uh, yeah, they're going to get, I think, a few saves here uh, in this series uh, from uh, Tuka Rask, as far as I'm concerned, uh, in this series. He was great in the first round for the Bruins. Uh, in my opinion, against the Capitals. I don't think he could have asked for any more from Tuka Rask than he did. Did he put all the doubts behind uh, all the non-believers that, you know, oh, he's an older goalie, he's played a lot of hockey, he's been injured this year. Uh, I thought he was very, very good uh, in terms of that series against Washington. Uh, and look, he's going to be a huge goaltending upgrade from what Pittsburgh got uh, in their series against the uh, New York Islanders. So um, I'm definitely in, in a situation where right away, Boston's going to be better in the goaltending department than Pittsburgh. So that's going to be one thing for the New York Islanders. Uh, the other thing for the uh, New York Islanders is, look, they're going to be able to match. Uh, the Bruins can match their defensive aptitude. You know, when the Bruins are really on their game, they can shut it down too. You know, they can play lockdown defense. They can play with a lead and they can get saves. They can play well in the defensive zone. They can make the good play. That's all the things the Bruins can do. Uh, in this series that Pittsburgh maybe at times couldn't. I'll be honest, for Pittsburgh, <clears throat> Brian Dumoulin didn't have his best series. John Marino was a mess with the puck at times. So, you know, as much as we blame the goaltending, uh, there were things that Penguins' blue line could have done a whole lot better, uh, in my opinion, uh, in that series defensively uh, against the New York Islanders, things that I think the Boston Bruins are going to be able to do a much better of uh, here in this series uh, against the uh, Islanders moving forward. Um for the New York Islanders, the thing you like is that you did get, as the series progressed, you got Brock Nelson scoring. You got Anthony Beauvillier scoring. Jordan Eberle scored a big goal. Those are guys that are really good some games and hardly distinguishable in other games. Which version of that trio are you going to get? And they have to get Matt Barzell going. Simple as that. They beat Pittsburgh in spite of him doing bubkis. You know, jack shit, essentially, in that series. That's what they got from Barzell. You're not going to be able to, I think, get through a second round against a uh, 
much more well-rounded, disciplined, uh, defensive uh, mind, not defensive minded because Boston can push the offense as well, but you know what I mean? They're much more structured uh, defensively than the Islanders first round opponent. And they're going to obviously get probably superior goaltending uh, from Tuka Rask. Even if Jeremy Swayman were to go in, I trust him more than Tristan Jari too, much more. Uh, so those are things you're going to want to watch out for. They got to get something out of Matt Barzell. Simple as that. They beat Pittsburgh despite him not doing much, uh, and now they're going to have to find a way to get him going in this series as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the Bruins, I, the, 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 for the Islanders, I think the key right now is try to take game one tonight. I think if they take game one tonight, they're going to have a very, uh, you know, it's going to give them a chance in this series because Boston has been off now for a little bit of time since they wrapped up against Washington. You worry if they're sharp from game one. On the flip side, though, if you don't win game one tonight for the New York Islanders and Boston takes game one, you could be really on the back foot quickly uh, in this series. But uh, I don't want to underestimate Barry Trotz fully, and I don't want to underestimate this Islanders team. Uh, I did that in the first round. Uh, look, this was a team I was basically backing them right through the playoffs last year. I decided, you know what, I didn't like the way they finished the regular season this year. I liked the way Pittsburgh was playing going into the playoffs. I had no idea. No, absolutely no idea Tristan Jari would be that bad. Unfortunately, he was goaltending completely, 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 you know, sabotaged that series for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's exactly what ended up happening. Um, and that's not going to happen against the Bruins. I think this is a good series, competitive. It's going to have a little bit of everything. The, th the thing that – so I told you what I wor worried about with the Islanders. Their offense against a much better defense and goal ending in this series Barzell I'm worried about him he can't be a non-factor in this series and them be expecting to win this series the Islanders as he was in the first round against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins it's really as simple as that um, and then the other side of the fence what am I concerned about for the Bruins I love the top line we know how they could just dominate Bergeron Pasternak Marchand we know that Taylor Hall and David Krejci have found chemistry on the second line and given them a boost there. I still need to see more offense from the third and the fourth line of the Bruins. Help. Maybe we're just at the point where we're not going to get anything from those lines. But Charlie Coyle, I'm looking at him. He's got to get something going. This is a good hockey player. He's got skill. He's got talent. But he's got to get some production going uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins in this series. Charlie Coyle is definitely someone I'm looking at. If That if the Bruins are really going to have a chance, not only a chance to beat the Islanders, but go deep uh, and beat, you know, some of the teams they might face later on, like a Tampa Bay or a Carolina, uh, you know, or Vegas or Colorado, one of those teams. If you're going to beat some of these teams, you've got to have third and fourth line contributions at some point. You just have to. You cannot go with just one, the, the, your first line and your second line, game in and game out, being the only lines going for you. You need something from the third line at some point. Uh, let's see if they can uh, get it from uh, Coyle and that third line uh, moving forward here in this series. I think it's a very, very tight series. Uh, I, I'm certainly not laying the minus 230 to minus 260 on the Bruins. I'm going more for the exact series prop result uh, market. I'm going to take Boston to win in seven, four games to three. Let's not forget the Bruins had a really tough time with the Islanders head-to-head -head this year. 
They did play better, and it did look like maybe they had figured them out a little bit down the stretch. The Bruins, most of their wins against the Islanders came later in the season. So that's very, very uh, important when you look at this series. Not only the head-to-head series history, but when did you play the team? When did you beat the team? And the Bruins had most of their success against the Islanders down the stretch uh, late in the regular season. Uh, it's going to be uh, a Bruins team that uh, should have more confidence. I think still it's a tight series. It's a close series. Let's not uh, forget that Ilya Sorokin has been terrific in net for the Islanders uh, here in the playoffs. He was excellent against the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins in the first round. Uh, I think we got a close series. I like Boston in seven, and I'm going to bet that exact series result here. Boston Bruins to win this series in seven games. Uh, four games to three at plus 450. How about that price? Plus 450 for the Boston Bruins to win in seven. And I'm also going to sprinkle on the uh, the series to go seven games uh, prop as well at plus 250. So plus 250 for the series to go seven, regardless of who wins, it cashes if it goes the distance. And Boston 4-3 uh, plus 450. Uh, I'd rather take a shot, smaller shots with those two, rather than lay this exorbitant minus 260. Because I know for a fact, Islanders are not going away. They don't back down from anybody. And they are going to make this a competitive close series. But I think the Bruins pull it out uh, in this one uh, in seven. So that's the way I see it with the Islanders and the Bruins. It's a great series. I'm looking forward to it. So is this next one. Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I'm looking forward to this series no, uh, as well. Uh, no question about that. Uh, we've got the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning around a minus 135, minus 140 series favorite here uh, in this game or in this series against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Interesting that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are now uh, in that minus 135, minus 140 range, considering Carolina's got home ice. Carolina won the division. They're the number one seed uh, in the Central Division. Tampa Bay finished third. Uh, in this division, and yet here we have the uh, Tampa uh, Carolina Hurricanes, a pretty sizable underdog here uh, in this uh, series. Look, Tampa Bay against Florida, we saw how good and dangerous this team is with everybody healthy. Stamkos, Kucherov back, and then you put them with Kalorn and uh, with uh, Palat and with Braden Point, uh, and it's just all of a sudden, you know, Sorelli, uh, Gord can score. Coleman can score goals for you. And all of a sudden, it is a loaded top six forward group, top nine forward group, if you ask me, for uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. It's going to be a challenge defensively to match up. And Jacob Slavin is arguably the best defenseman on the Hurricanes. He is gutting through some kind of injury. You can tell he's not 100%, but he's out there giving it his all. He scores the game winner uh, in overtime against Nashville uh, on uh, Friday. Um, in it, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't Friday. It was Thursday night, rather. Uh, he scores the game winner uh, to end that series against the Predators. Um, you know what's funny is that early in the series between Tampa and Florida, Florida was outplaying Tampa five on five, but it wasn't resulting in a whole lot of success because every time Tampa got a scoring chance, they were they were putting it in the net, and it was largely because of goaltending by Bobrovsky and Drieger. Uh, that really sabotaged the Panthers early in that series. They really didn't, you know, get a, a good goaltending, a really good goaltending performance. You could say at times Drieger was okay, but they did not get a really standout, excellent def- uh, goaltending performance in that series until uh, Spencer Knight arrived on the scene uh, and got them that uh, Game Five win uh, in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, that's about it. So 
Um, I think the way I see it, I, I think Carolina is very, very live in this series, but I don't like the situation for them going into game one, uh, even though it's at home in Carolina where they've been very good. And look, they were undefeated in the playoffs at home, but it's only a two-day turnaround. Tampa Bay, you know, definitely a little bit more of a rest advantage. This might be one where I pass on the series bet right now, and if Tampa Bay wins game one, which I think they might, just because I think they could be a little bit fresher, I'm going to bet Carolina to win the series after game one. That's my that's my uh, my strategy. That's my plan of attack here when it comes to the Lightning and Hurricanes. Uh, let's let game one unfold, and then let's see if uh, Tampa wins that game. And if they do, it can jump on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, at a better adjusted series price after game one, assuming they lose it. That's what I'm going to try to do here because – I lean to the plus one fifteen with them right now, but I I I I'd love like to see if maybe they the, the the lightning can take game one, take advantage of the situational edge they have going into game one, and then maybe we'll get a better price with uh, Carolina uh, after a game one. Uh, the Lightning are very good on the blue line now. We know McDonough McDonough and uh, Hedman were just absolutely magnificent against the uh, Panthers. You see them, uh, you know, good defensive positioning. Uh, you see them blocking a ton of shots, McDonough especially, uh, and Hedman for that matter. Uh, they're just warriors on the back end. You're always going to be a dangerous, tough team to beat when you've got a situation where you've got those two guys leading you uh, on the blue line. David Savard was an outstanding pickup on that blue line from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Look, Tampa Bay is uh, not, not going to be an easy team to beat for Carolina. I do have Carolina to win the Stanley Cup. I don't have Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup, but I do have Carolina, so you know I'm rooting for them uh, here in this series. I'm definitely uh, on the uh, Kaniac bandwagon here, the bunch of jerks uh, here uh, in this uh, series. I'm hoping for the best. I've already got them to win the Cup. I'm Whatever series bet I make on Carolina, it would be after game one, and it would only be if they lose game one which I think could happen. Like I said, it's just a very good situational spot for Tampa Bay. doesn't mean they're going to win because, again, you got to play in Carolina, and that's been a great home ice for this Hurricanes team. But the way I see it, when you have depth at, up front like Tampa does, you need depth on the blue line to try to withstand and match up against multiple lines that can beat you. Carolina is one of those few teams that can do that. One through six, I'll take my chances and with their blue line to be able to hold down Tampa Bay a little bit. Uh, because I think they've got that capability of doing that. They're as good, they're as, from a personnel standpoint, they're as well set up as any team in the NHL to at least try and contain the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the four-line wave that they roll out there. And that's what John Cooper can do is this, you know, roll out four lines, uh, be absolutely terrific, uh, and, and get contributions from all four. Well, Carolina's got three defensive pairs they can roll out that are all pretty good. Like there's not really a big drop. This is one of the few teams, Carolina, where the top pair from the third pair on defense, there's not a huge drop off. There's not a huge decline in performance going from that uh, top defensive pair to the third pair. Uh, and I think that's something that uh, Tampa Bay, they might find that out here in this series. As far as up front, look, there's definitely more depth in terms of the third and fourth line on Tampa than, than Carolina. I, I I don't argue that, but let's not, <clears throat> let's not uh, fully... Forget about guys like Jordan Martinuk, Warren Fogle, who I think's got a capability to score big goals. He seems to be a guy that scores the bigger goals later in the playoffs. Because you remember, second round and onward, the last couple of years, Warren Fogle's been a difference maker. <clears throat> so keep an eye on him. 
Uh, obviously, Aho, Svechnikov, Teravainen, Trocek. Uh, they've got a lot up, of game breakers up front. And the emerging Martin Natchez for the Carolina Hurricanes, who I thought had an outstanding series against the uh, Nashville Predators. I thought Marty Natchez was all over the ice. He got multiple goals. Lots of good scoring chances. Um, this is, a again, I think a very close series. I wouldn't mind the seven-game series prop in this series either uh, when you look at it. Um, total games played, you can get seven games plus 230. I like that. <clears throat> I like that quite a bit uh, in terms of this series. Plus 230, uh, seven games, uh, Tampa Bay uh, and Carolina. I have not placed a series bet yet. I will do that after game one on Carolina if they lose game one at a better price. That is the uh, thought process that I'm going with here uh, in this series. All right, so we move on now. We've got the uh, next series, Vegas Golden Knights and the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, this series, this should be a good one. And, you know, you saw animosity during the regular season uh, between these two teams. Currently uh, in this series, we've got the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche around a minus 200 uh, series favorite. Pretty much at most books, it's pretty much right around that same price range, minus 200 uh, with Colorado as favorites here in this series against Vegas. I'm more worried about Vegas in this series than I was before the first round. They worked very hard to put down Minnesota. And I think the fact that they had to play two extra games in that series than maybe they had to otherwise, I don't know if that sets them up for success. Think about game one. And I we'll get to this more tomorrow on the Sunday show. We'll break down game one specifically of this series. This is a tough turnaround for Vegas. Friday night game seven at home. Sunday night game one, thin air, high altitude of Denver uh, for game one. Arrested, fresh ready to jump out of their skates, Colorado team. Uh, that's just a brutal situation for Vegas. Now, it doesn't mean they're, they're automatically going to lose game one, but it certainly doesn't set them up in the greatest situation imaginable for success in game one. That's for sure. Uh, you got to worry about that. The good news is they get Max Pacioretty back just at the right time. He gets the game seven under his belt against Minnesota. He's got now a game under his belt. He's going to feel better going into game one. He makes a huge difference to this Golden Knights offense. Because let's be honest, they really, really rely on only a handful of guys this season for scoring. I mean, it's been Stone. It's been Pacioretty. Uh, it's been Marcia So. It's been Tuck. And then you go beyond those guys, and they actually got some offense from the blue line. Was that a welcome sight? Uh, Zach Whitecloud and Nicholas Haig scoring two of the goals last night, both of them defensemen for the Golden Knights. I don't think they had that necessarily in the uh, uh, in the offing for that game last night. But nevertheless, uh, Peter DeBoer and the Golden Knights will take it. But I'm concerned that they rely so much in terms of their forward contributions offensively on it, just basically five guys, essentially, five or six you're not necessarily getting anything from the third and the fourth line. You compare that to Colorado. Do you know how many forwards can burn you on this team? We know Ranton and Landeskog and uh, McKinnon are outstanding, the top line. But what about if Kadri gets uh, back from his suspension and contributes? What about Burakovsky? What about Jonas Donskoy? What about Tyson Jost? There, there are so many depth forwards that really played great hockey, made a difference offensively. JT Comfer. Uh, is another one. How are, how's Vegas going to handle that? I like the Vegas blue line with Pet Petrangelo, with Martinez, 
and Theodore leading the way. And look, Hague and White Cloud scored goals on that blue line. So you got to give them their credit. But they are still not the blazing fleet of foot, mobile, transition, get the puck moving quickly, blue line, one through six that Colorado is. Colorado is going to try to sting Vegas in terms of transition and rush. I mean, Vegas is good when they can sit back and defend and protect Flurry or Leonard. Obviously, it'll be Flurry in net. Um and go from there. What if Colorado gets those rush chances like they did, like they have most of the season and like they did against St. Louis? Uh, th that's going to be trouble. Vegas does have more team speed than St. Louis. So St. Louis felt like they were the tortoise to the Colorado Avalanche's hair in that series. They could not catch Colorado. You know, Colorado was just beating them to all the loose pucks because the speed quotient was just such a dominant edge for the abs in that series. They still have, I think, greater team speed with uh, than in this series than, than uh, Vegas, but Vegas still is going to be a little bit faster than St. Louis. So they should be able to with at least dig in a little bit better in terms of trying to defend this Colorado team and win those puck battles, win those foot race situations than say the St. Louis blues were uh, in this series uh, before that against Colorado. I, I, I still think it's just too much of a mountain for Vegas to overcome I like Colorado in the Stanley Cup final from day one. Why would I go against that now? Why would I change my mind after Colorado's coming? You could poke holes in St. Louis all you want. I mean, St. Louis was not a very good team, and they were beyond injury riddled. Let's keep that in mind. Going into this series, guys, it's important to recognize that. And if you're Vegas and you're a Golden Knights fan, you're thinking the same way. Yeah, you beat, you swept St. Louis. Yeah, you dominated St. Louis, but... Colton Pareko wasn't 100%. You didn't have Vince Dunn on the blue line. You didn't have Gunnarsson on the blue line. Tarasenko was play came back, but I don't think he was at 100%. I think there were a couple other forwards for the St. Louis Blues that were playing through significant pain and significant injury. Um, that was the case in that series. There's no question. And if you're Vegas, you're saying, now try to play us. You know, we're getting healthier. We've got Max Pacioretty back now. Let's see how you do against our team. I still think, in spite of all that, and yes, Vegas has much greater health team-wide going into this series than St. Louis did uh, in that first round against Colorado. But I still think Colorado's too much. The four lines are too much. The one through six D are too much. And as great as Fleury's been in this play in these playoffs so far, Philip Grubauer has proven himself that we can trust him at playoff time pretty much. That's the way I see it here going into this series. We can trust Philip Grubauer. He was good in the playoffs last year. He gets hurt last year, and then the Wheels fall off for Colorado. He was very good in the St. Louis series. He can, I think, come close to matching Marc-Andre Fleury in terms of goaltending in this series. I like Colorado uh, in this series. And I'm actually, instead of the minus 200 price uh, in this series, I am going to take a chance on Colorado minus one and a half games at around even money, plus 100. Plus 100, minus 105 is what you can get with that. Colorado, minus one and a half games. I don't think this goes seven. I think Colorado has shown you enough dominance uh, down the, all season, but especially late in the season and against St. Louis. And with Vegas really being pushed to the limit, pushed to the brink by Minnesota in the first round, you could see them wearing down later as this series goes on. And look, you kind of saw that with Minnesota Friday night. Ryan Suter. You know, he could barely skate. He could barely move. He's like he's skating with bags around his ankles last night in game seven. He couldn't even, uh, you know, catch it, keep up with the puck carrier late in that game. I think Colorado has the shot to get this done in six games or less. 
So I'm going to take a shot on that. Colorado Avalanche minus one and a half games at around even money here uh, in this series against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. All right, there you go. That is the series previews of the three series that are set. Of course, we're waiting to see what the North Division final will be. It'll be either the Winnipeg Jets against the winner of the Leafs Habs series. Let's get to tonight's games. Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs. Game six, do or die uh, for the Canadiens. Toronto minus 180 road favorites. Total five and a half shaded to the under in this one. Um, this is an interesting one. 2,500 fans in the building in Montreal. That should be a little bit of a boost. I, I certainly, I think it's a boost for both teams, though. To be honest with you, I think Toronto's excited, even though the Montreal fans, for the most part, I think they're excited to play in front of some fans as well. The concern for the Leafs is: Did you give this team life with that Game Five overtime win for Montreal? Did you give this offense confidence? Did you give this offense, which had done nothing in this series for the Montreal Canadiens, did you give them life going into this game tonight? That's a concern now that Montreal is going to have some offensive confidence uh, going into this matchup uh, against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. That being said, look, Toronto missed an opportunity to close out that series uh, the other night in game five. They got off to a slow start. Every Leaf player says we didn't match the urgency and desperation in the first period of game five that Montreal brought. And that's why we got off to that slow start. And then you see as the game went on uh, the other night, you know, we ended up seeing the uh, um, we ended up seeing the uh, the uh, Leafs get stronger uh, in that game uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. They got much stronger uh, as that game went on, uh, and they care they really took the play uh, to the Montreal Canadiens as that game uh, progressed. They were down three nothing. They got a three one goal, and then the two goals in the third period to tie the game at three, and they really had Montreal on their heels. In fact. The last five minutes of the third period before the game got to overtime, it was all Toronto. And Carey Price had to come up with a couple of really good saves to keep the Leafs from taking the lead and possibly ending the series uh, right then and there. Um, and then, of course, Montreal, because of a bad turnover at the blue line by the Leafs and Alex Galchenyuk, they get the two-on-0, uh, and they end up uh, scoring on that. Uh, and it ends up being a Nick Suzuki overtime winner in Game 5. Although, again, Montreal... They let the lead slip away. Toronto didn't have the start they wanted. Um, you would expect Toronto to be matching that desperation of Montreal from the beginning uh, of this game. I only have one. Actually, I have two bets pregame in this game. I'm on Toronto first period tonight. Uh, I'm going to go with them in the first period of this game, and I'm going to go with that puck line option, uh, which you can get at a plus price. Uh, let me just uh, bring up the uh, current numbers. But I think this is the opposite of the other night. Montreal was the team that was really, really on the front foot first period of game five, backs against the wall season on the line. I think tonight, Toronto is that team. We don't want game seven. If I'm the Leafs, I'm saying in that dressing room, I want nothing to do with a game seven because we know what our history is when it goes seven games. It's not good. We want to avoid it. We want to end this thing. Tonight, I think the first period, you get the right response from the Leafs. I'm going to go with Toronto. Minus a half goal, plus 155 uh, in the first period tonight. I'm also going to bet the third period over. One and a half, minus 180 is what you, you got to lay some juice, but I don't mind doing it. Elimination game, seven and four to the third period over in these elimination games so far here in the playoffs. And I think that's when you're going to get 
the explosion like we saw last night. And again, if Montreal's trailing late, you pull the goalie with five minutes to go. If you're down three goals, you still pull the goalie. It's exactly what we saw with Minnesota last night. So, and, and there's still a chance that the over one and a half third period minus 180 at DraftKings right now uh, is still going to be a better price than you're going to be able to get with it after the second period tonight. So that's why I think it is still worth it to bet, lock it in now. Third period over one and a half minus 180. And I'm also going to go Toronto first period minus a half plus 155. I will not be on Toronto at all other than the first period. You know, if you look at my, the, the position I'm in right here, why would I take Toronto money line minus 200 when I've essentially got Toronto plus 375 for this game with that four to two exact series result prop bet? With, for Toronto to win this series 4-2, which would cash if Toronto wins. And it cashes at plus 375. So with that bet, I've essentially got the Leafs plus 375 tonight uh, in this game working for me with that bet. So there's no way I would touch Toronto full game, but I will sprinkle a little on that first period puck line plus 155. Uh, good situational uh, spot here. I think Toronto's a much better team in the opening period tonight than they were uh, in game five. And I think they will end the series, I think, because I think this team has learned a few things. I think they've got the right makeup to get it done tonight. They've already won each of the two games in Montreal previously in this series. And look, they were a good road team all season long, the Leafs. They were an excellent road team once again this season. So they are definitely uh, more than capable of ending it tonight. But I will say this, if they don't end it tonight, God help them. God help them. Because game seven, and we know what that could mean for this Toronto Maple Leafs team if they don't get the job done tonight. Uh, all right, Islanders-Bruins. Uh, briefly, I'm going to just talk about this game because we talked about the series overall. Uh, we've got the uh, Boston Bruins here in game one, minus uh, 185, minus 190. Uh, home favorites in this one, total five, uh, shaded to the over uh, in this uh, game one. Uh, I'm going to take a small piece of over five in this scheme uh you're talking about a Bruins team that's been off for a while you know you could see a little bit of uh I don't know just usually when you're a little you haven't played in a while it leads to more defensive miscues than anything else I think I could see that tonight here uh in this game uh we'll have to wait and see I don't have a strong opinion on the side I could actually only back the Islanders tonight because I think that this is a spot where they might be able to Stun the Bruins in game one. And let's be honest, Boston didn't have Boston. It took them time to get their legs going and to get into that series against Washington. I didn't like their game one uh, against the Capitals. Um, so they're going to have to show me uh, that they can play a good game one. Maybe they can. I think it's, I think, I don't think there's a strong trend one way or another for a team that's been off for a while, whether they're flat or they're not sharp in game one versus whether they're rested, they're flying and they play well. I think it could go either way. Uh, that's why I'm not betting the side. Uh, it, I think this could go either way in terms of is Bruins are the Bruins locked in? Are they sharp? Are they you know on top of their game? Uh, are they ready to bring their best? You know when they've had a few days off, or are they maybe a little bit you know uh, 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 flat a little bit a little not flat, but they've been off for a while. They just the passes aren't clicking. That's often what happens. Passes aren't clicking. The number of turnovers and giveaways you commit go up. Uh, when you're not sharp. So you could see all of that in play for the Bruins tonight, but maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you see them being fresh and well-rested and just flying and just buzzing around this Islanders team. You could see that as well. So that's why I'm going back and forth on the side. I won't be betting the side in game one tonight, but I will take a shot over five. It's minus minus one twenty. 
know, it's a very cheap price. Anytime you hang a five, you know, in a, uh, in any game right now in the NHL, I'm going to try to make a case for the over. It's as simple as that. And look at last night with Minnesota Vegas, that total was five. And of course it ended up flying over the total. In fact, totals of five playoffs and regular season, they have been strong overs throughout the season. The results have strongly trended to the over with NHL totals, regular season and playoffs when they've been five. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, I like the over here, five minus 120. And yes, the Boston crowd Definitely Cheshire Cat, no doubt. Big increase in capacity at the game tonight at TD Garden. Uh, nearly a full house, just about. Uh, it's going to sound a lot more like a regular full venue, uh, and they're certainly going to give the Bruins a boost. There's no question about that. Like I said, I'm, I'm going back and forth on the side. I'm not betting the side. I'm just going to go over the total here, 5 minus 120 here in game one with the Islanders uh, and the Bruins. All right, that is the uh, Saturday uh, two games, and we also pr uh, previewed the three uh, second-round series that are set as of right now. A great show. Uh, unfortunately, Alex, uh, uh, internet still uh, on the fritz at the moment. Uh, we're hoping he'll be back tomorrow uh, on the Sunday show. We'll get his series thoughts tomorrow uh, on the uh, Sunday show for uh, Tampa, Carolina, and Vegas, Colorado. Uh, before we get to my best bet, a reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, MLB on a daily basis. Uh, when you download DraftKings app and sign up for an account, you'll get uh, deposit bonuses, uh, weekly specials and weekly incentives and bet boosts, uh, all that and more. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bet uh, for tonight's uh, NHL card. Let's go to that Islander Bruins over five, minus 120. Uh, that'll be my best bet. Um, Look, it's a total of five. I could see the Bruins maybe being a little bit when you've been off for several days like this. Passes don't connect as easily. You lose that cohesion, you know, creature of habit. You play every other day. You know where your line mate is going to be. You know where your defensive partner is going to be. You easily make the crisp passes. Not as easy to do that when you've been off for a while. And you could see that resulting in turnovers, giveaways. And again, if that leads to a that usually leads to greater offensive and scoring chances, which ultimately could lead to goals as well. Uh, so we'll go and take a chance here with the over here. And look, the Islanders played a few high-scoring games against Pittsburgh in that last round. Uh, surprisingly, uh, you know, we had a few uh, shootouts in that series. Uh, we don't need one to cash this ticket with the total being five, uh, but I think it's a good value uh, game one bet here. New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, game one. Over five, minus 120. Uh, that's my best bet for this Saturday uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, noon East, uh, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. Uh, make sure you check out the podcast on all those mediums. I'm your host, Ian Cameron. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the games and good luck. Have a great Saturday, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of The Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. 
We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the Same Here Alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Hewson. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real, long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.